Welcome to another inspiring sister's message. We hope you are blessed by this ministry. You know, I was thinking about the song, Waymaker, Promise Keeper, Miracle Worker, Light in the Darkness. And you know, the theme for this year is Light Up Your Life. It was a theme many years ago as a conference. It was our conference name for about eight or nine years. And uh, yet you cannot exhaust it. You, you can't say, well, we've done all of that. We, we've spoken about, you know, God being light, we being light, you know, the word being light. No, but you can't exhaust it. You know, the way that we light up our lives is by asking Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. He is the, he, you know, he's the only way to enlightenment and for enlightenment. There's only going to be light in our lives if we choose Jesus, the Son of God, to be our Lord and Savior. And what an experience it is when we do. What a blessing it is. Amen? And so what that means is we need to repent. Ooh, if you've come for a flowery message tonight, I just want to say, I want to just teach the truth tonight. What does that mean? Let me explain. You know, I was raised, sorry for those who know my story, heard it all week, this week as well. Um, I was raised in a naval base. And my father was a recruiting officer. So he used to, among many other things, he was in charge of the guns and uh, all the stuff, the real proper, like the noon gun stuff and the 21-gun salute, but he also recruited soldiers, young soldiers. And so before my very eyes, I used to see them march, and I used to see them run, hop, 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 you know, before my eyes. And then came our very successful and beautiful men's conference this year called No Man Left Behind, and it was so reminiscent to me of my childhood and, and, and what I grew up with and what spoke to me even as, as I became a Christian about being a soldier for Jesus, amen. And, I, and then Pastor Dean ministered on repentance and I nearly jumped out of my skin because I had prepared this section and I was going to say, I'm speaking on that, you know. And then we have him saying during his military training, um, they would be marching this hip, hop hip, hop stuff he didn't actually go into detail like I did. I'm a detailed person. And then his commander would shout, about turn. And that would then mean that going this way, about turn, we're suddenly going this way. They make a 180 degree turn in the opposite direction. That is what it means to repent. That is what it means, simply put. It's you were going one way, you were going that way, now God is calling you and he says, come my way. Because he's a way maker. He has made a way for us, amen? And so it's a radical move to make, and now we will have an opportunity at the end of the service to, to speak a little bit more about what it means, but uh, that is what God requires of us, amen? Um, so we also light up our lives. This is, we're going to pretend it's the word of God. There are no, whoopsie, there are no words in there, but we're going to pretend. It's 10 Bibles behind me. And 
You know, we can't just allow Jesus into our hearts and that's the end of it. We now have to embark on the path because Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. So he's the way. It's not just a one-night thing we have with the Lord. Be my Lord and Savior. Uh, I've repented. Well, the way to fully repent, because there was a time when Peter, the apostle, was following Jesus face to face. But Jesus had to say to him one night, when you are fully repented, fully converted, feed my sheep. Amen? When you are fully converted. So it's a process. It is step by step. And we will look at some of that just now as well. You know, there are many paths to take in this world. There are lots of paths we can go on. Uh, Lots of choices. We can do all kinds of things on these paths. We can do what we like. And, uh, you know, some look very innocent and they look very attractive, but things are not always what they seem. Proverbs 16, 25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man or a woman, but its end is the way of death. How many of us have taken paths that took us nowhere? A few years ago, Pastor Andre and I, and we took Simi with us. We went on a uh, trip to, we actually went on a cruise. And uh, you know, I have these stopovers, and we, went, we stopped over in Venice. And uh, we'd been there several times. We know it well. Are you okay, Pastor Andre? Okay, good. Are you paying attention here? I need your help. I need your help in a moment or two. Well, if you know Venice, it's like a maze. It's a beautiful place, but it's a, it, it's a maze. And what happened on this particular day, it was a f- beautiful day. It was hot, though. And uh, we cut it a little bit fine. We, you know, you have to get back to the ship because they take off without you. You know, they somehow your stuff out onto the thing there, and you are stuck. Anyway, me, bad me. I thought I saw a shop that I'd seen earlier. And it turned out afterwards that it was a branch of that shop, but it wasn't that shop. And so we took the wrong turn. And as a result, we embarked on a series of dead-end streets. And that was our frustration for that day. And it was getting later, and it was getting hotter, and I was the baddest person on the planet by the second with my family. (laughs) Well, we finally got to the waterside. It was like a wall, and you could see there's the harbor. There's the ship. The only problem was it wasn't here. It was there. And that was because of my bad, my bad turn, okay? And so we realized we're never going to make it back in time, so we called a water taxi. And of course, I was hysterical. I was responsible. I was like, taxi, taxi. Anyway, gone into the taxi. We raced across to the ship, and we made it. And the moral of the story is, if we take a wrong path, it will lead to three things. It could lead to more, but this was our experience. Frustration, disappointment, expensive. So this is where I need your help. I think we paid about each 20 euros each. So that's um, 
that's like 400 rand each time. So 1,200, 1,200 rand, which, which you know when you're traveling with rands, the euros are like pure gold. You do not want to waste it on unnecessary things like catching a taxi to the ship, which you should have walked to, which you walked from. So, so tonight, I want to speak about choosing the right path. And I'm going to start with Psalm 119 from 101 to 105. And uh, I think we had it up on the center screen when you came in. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We often just like that bit, hey? But how beautiful are the words before it and after it? Read it again. So my first thought this evening, our spiritual path. It's our most important path. In fact, it's the only path that counts for eternity. Like if you take a path of any other kind that I will touch on later, it, not, it won't necessarily take you away uh, from eternal life, but this will. If you make the wrong decision, if you're gonna worship a God that isn't even a God, and you're not going to worship the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, uh, it's an eternal choice you're making for yourself, no one else. You know, we heard very early in our walk with the Lord, God doesn't send anyone to hell. We send ourselves there because of the decisions and the choices that we make. So along the path, the Bible has answers for everything in life that we will go through. I don't even have time to go into it. But trust me, the Bible is our ultimate book of wisdom. We want wisdom, amen? We want the word of God, amen? It's the light unto our path. It's the lamp unto our feet. Jesus said the Christian path is a narrow path. Now, in my book, Small Beginnings, I wrote a whole chapter on that because when we first were born again, we were called narrow-minded, and I didn't like it because I didn't think I was narrow-minded. Um, well, in the, in the world sense, I probably was, but because I got saved now. But Christians are not narrow-minded. They just believe there is a path with two choices. Yes, no. It's either yes or no. Yes, I will cheat on my husband and my family. Yes, I will steal that money and lie about it. Yes, I will even deny that I know Jesus. Or no, none of that at all. None of the above, amen? So being on the narrow path means yes or no. Amen? Matthew seven thirteen. Heaven, Jesus speaks. Heaven can be entered only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad. It, it is... It, and its gate is wide enough for all the multitudes who choose its easy, easy way. But the gateway to life is small, and the road is narrow, and only a few ever find it. Jesus came to teach us not only to know things, 
or believe things, but to also do things. Christianity is about doing. It is about believing because what you believe determines how you will live, is what we always hear. Amen? But Jesus spoke about the broad way where you can do what you like. You know, it's a choice of sinfulness that you can embark on. You can do exactly. It's your choice. It's free will. We, we choose it or we don't choose it, right? And we are not in heaven the moment we embark on this narrow way. We still have a long way to go. Self must be denied, right? The body and heart must be kept under control. We're no longer our own. We've been bought with a price. We're on a path that is different. It's opposite. People can go that way. They choose it. They don't even know what they're doing, but they choose it. That is why when you come to church and you encounter the truth, you have a choice to make. That's why we have an opportunity at the end to make a choice, to make a decision. Amen. And so that is why it is so important. So yes, we are on a spiritual path. And there is only one spiritual path. Not all roads lead to heaven. Amen? Proverbs 3 verse 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Now, am I contradicting myself? No. I want to just speak about a few things in life. God does tell us he's going to help us with our paths on the path, on the path, the only path. For instance, the romantic path that we embark on. Are we going to do online dating? Tinders, tingers, what is it called? <laughs> I mean, Kogi got me to watch it, and I thought at first, I don't, shouldn't be watching this, but now I thought, no, do it, because you need, you, you love women, and you love to speak truth to women, and you love to help women. You love to see women get healed, not hurt, right? So there are warnings that God will help us and guide us on the path that is his narrow path, amen? So no, no online dating, choose wisely. And then the financial path. You know, watch out for scammers. We heard recently of a girl in our church who was scammed for a few 52,000 or something like that by a tall, dark, and handsome, gorgeous man. And, you know, you may say to yourself, this is too good to be true. Well, it is too good to be true. It is too good to be true. Amen? So be careful. But the financial path is also along the lines of what Pastor Kogi spoke about tonight. Are we going to be a generous person? Are we going to be a giver? Are we going to fund the salvation of the earth? Pour it into our local church where we can do what we do, amen? Where we can do what we do. So those are the paths we go on. Your thought path, your thinking, part of what was sung tonight spoke to me about that because I'm quoting to you Philippians 4.8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. The church at the moment is under real attack. The church has got fingers pointing at it and fingers pointing at pastors. How they spend the church's money, how they do this, how they do that. Right? But the church is still God's greatest enterprise on the earth. Amen? 
And people do make mistakes. So don't say to yourself, well, you know what? My thinking and my this about the church, what I'm really trying to say is stop allowing your thoughts because I had to say that to myself. Stop YouTube. End of it. Because you're filling yourself with things that are not beautiful, that are not holy, that are not pure, that are not lovely, right? You're bringing yourself down. So we go on a path, you know, your thinking is like train tracks. It's like your thinking is a vehicle that takes you somewhere. Your thinking will take you somewhere, and often it doesn't look good. Amen? Then, the emotional path. There will be tears on the path. There'll be hurt. People get hurt in church. I've been hurt in church, but I'm still here 49 years later. Because I don't only get hurt here. I get hurt in the supermarket. I get hurt on the road. I get hurt at the hospital when people are rude to you, when you, you know, going for a checkup. I get hurt everywhere. I get hurt in home. Have I left home? No. Do I still go to doctors? Yes. Right? So on the road, there are difficulties. And people can rub us up the wrong way. We get offended. Who does she think she is to speak to me like that? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We're not like that. We're not going to be like that. Keep going. Keep going. I mean, the journey may be difficult, but the destination is worth it. On God's path, he will help and guide us to make daily decisions, which brings, which brings me to my second thought, the power of decision. You know, I have seen firsthand where my decision has taken me for the last 49 years. And I, I'm, I'm not holding myself up as a hero or a heroine. I'm just saying I, I can say to you, follow me as I have followed Christ and still do. I haven't backslidden. I haven't turned my back on the Lord. I haven't turned my back on the church. I haven't turned my back on my family or my husband. I haven't turned my back on, on the congregation. I love the congregation wherever it has been. And, and I just want to tell you that the power of your decision will take you in a direction, hopefully in the right one. Or it can also take you in another direction. Let's hope that it's that 180 degree turn that you're making. Even if you're a backslider or you've gone cold in the Lord, you need to stop going that way. It's as simple as it is. Turn around, go that way. You know what to do. You've done this before, amen? And so on the 27th of January, 1974 was the night we gave our hearts to the Lord. I am still of sound mind and I'm still learning. Amen, and I trust, and I've seen so many thousands of people doing this over so many, many years who are still walking with the Lord, who are still serving God, whose marriages are still intact, whose children are on fire for God, and whose grandchildren are on fire for God, amen, because that is the fruit of a good decision on taking the right path, amen. I have a truth here. Direction, not intention, determines destination. You win or lose by the path you choose. It is not where you are that is the issue. It's where you are headed. Amen? You know, God spoke to Israel, and he, he said before them, life or death. You could say, in other words, 
He set before them two paths. And it was like blessing or curse. Now, who would choose curse? Who would choose curse and not blessing? Deuteronomy 30:19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you that today I have set before you, they were naughty, by the way, I have set before you life or death, blessing or curse. Oh, that you would choose life that you and your children might live, choose to love the Lord your God and to obey him and to cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days. The power of decision. It is vital to where we are headed. Amen? My third thought tonight is we walk step by step on the path. You know, everything is step by step. Our t-shirt tonight says step by step. We grow spiritually step by step. Our businesses grow step by step. Our children grow step by step. And then they walk step by step, amen? It's not leap by leap. Let's not get into this thing, oh, well, you know, my best friend has been saved for 10 years and I've only been saved for two years. Don't, get, don't go there. Step by step, amen? And sometimes you may even overtake those that are ahead of you, which I've also seen in our journey with the Lord. You know, when it comes to romance, step by step, oh, but he's so gorgeous. You know, one date and we're sleeping together, Jesus understands. No, he understands that you actually turned your back on him and you're walking in this direction. That's what he understands. But the good news is, the good news is, you can still turn around. About turn. I'm about turn. Who am I to speak? Well, I wasn't a born-again believer when I slept with my boyfriend after three months. And, but I love the way you're all looking at me right now. <laughs> I still love it. We were kids. We were messed up. Read the book. <laughs> we have 50 years on. Here's the thing. You don't know what you don't know until you have been going this way and you do a back turn. And one of the first things we did was we renewed our vows because although we got married in church, we didn't know God. We did it before God. We didn't realize how powerful it was we didn't understand that Jesus is the groom of heaven and the church is his bride. Now, how powerful is that? What did we know? We knew nothing, right? So I'm not condemning anyone here tonight. I'm just saying, no. In the romantic department, no. No, it is step by step, amen? Really, all of life is, step, is a step by step experience. We're not born able to walk. You know, when you're born again, yes, you can walk on that path, but like Peter, when you are fully converted, I mean, it takes time. It's step by step. You know, we, we as babies, we then sit up and then we start crawling and then we start taking the step and fall over and, and, and you know, and then we finally able to Take them, and a whole house erupts. The whole neighborhood knows the baby has walked because the baby has walked. 
Pastor Andre quoted this the other day, a kid falls more than 50 times to learn to walk. He never thinks, maybe this isn't for me. Now, come on, girls. As believers on the narrow path, maybe you have fallen a few times, but don't say, oh, this is not for me. I mean, you keep going. And in your career, in your family relationships, you're spiritual, you're romantic, you're everything. You keep going, you keep trying again, amen? Relationships, business, ministry, studies, etc. I've got here will be sweet if we follow the way we are supposed to because God will show us the dangers on the path as we take it step by step. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Step by step. Pastor P, a song is being written with the word step by step in Jesus' name. Amen. Number four, on the way God makes a way. On the way God makes a way. So the narrow way is not easy. I've already said that. It's not full of options. It's usually yes, no. Right? Am I I right? So, (laughs) you know, God will make a way of escape for us. On the way, he makes a way of escape for us. You know, my decision is no, but it's not an easy decision. Lord, how am I going to do this? It, it's not hunky-dory, oh no. No, it's, it's, it's emotional, it's heavy, it's, it's difficult, it's like, wow, Lord, you will understand. No, but my answer is no. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God's faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. On the way, he makes a way. Amen? And when God shows us a way out of temptation, look for that way. Ask for that way. Lord, what is the way? How do I get out of here? I want to stay on your path, Lord God. I don't want to turn my back on you. Lord, how am I going to resist this temptation? Well, don't give in to the the temptation. Be open to the way out because you could give in to the temptation as so many people that I've spoken over the years pastorally, God didn't show me the way out. So it's God's fault. No, no, he's faithful. He is faithful. You either want the way or you don't want the way. It's either yes or it is no. Amen? So we can't do that to God. You know, love God more than the temptation before you. Love God more before the temptation before you. Amen? James 1, 5 to 7. If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him. I love, you know, that's why, you know, we haven't probably said this for quite a while, but having a personal relationship with God means you can speak to your Father who loves you in heaven. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. What do you want me to do? Ask him, and he will gladly tell you. He will gladly tell you, for he's always ready to give a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask him. He will not resent it. He will not say, you silly little girl. You know what to do, you stupid thing. <laughs> now he understands we are but dust. 
Amen? And he delights in it because that means we're relying on him and we believe in him and we're trusting him. He will not resent it. But when you ask, be sure that you really expect him to tell you for a doubtful mind will be as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And every decision you then make will be uncertain for you. For you turn first to this way and then to that. If you don't ask with faith, don't expect the Lord to give you any solid answer. Faith is simple. He, he lives. He's real. He's my father. He has a plan for my life. I have a destiny in him. I'm going to spend eternity with him. I believe his word. I believe his promises. So when I come to him and I'm being so silly, he loves me still. And he's not resenting this, but he's going to help me. He's going to help me. God will shine his light on the very thing that will take you off his path. It will be a warning sign to you. I um, recently, we were in Cape Town, Pastor Andre's um, um, older sister's got cancer. Please pray for her. Her name is Sandra. And uh, while we were there, we, I heard about an old friend and sister in Christ that I knew that, um, that committed suicide last year. Now, I'd lost contact with her, but she was an elder's wife, and she was very kind to me. She helped when my mom wasn't well. She used to take her for checkups, and she used to visit her and take her flowers. She was this beautiful, godly, Proverbs 31 woman. But she fell into the temptation of gambling. And it cost her her marriage. And being from a very wealthy relationship, she, uh, in the settlement, got three houses. And she lost all three houses. And because of this addiction. Now, she had friends around her. She had been in church for many, many decades. But she stopped going. And she stopped seeing people. And she didn't take any advice. And at the end of the day, she took her life because she lost everything she had. And that, to me, was just the saddest story that I heard while I was there. Because I know my God made a way for this girl, but she didn't take it. May this just be a warning, amen? Let this be a warning. You know, when we unplug from the Lord, we are a target for the enemy. When we unplug from church, we're a target for the enemy, amen? We've always heard this illustration, you know, we love game drives, haven't been for a while, but you know, the lion and the predators, they look for the, the isolated little deer or the zebra or, you know, they look for the, the isolated ones, the, the, the wounded ones, the ones who are a little bit hurt by life, hurt by others, offended, hurt by the church. The church didn't pay my children school fees or, or stuff like that. That's when you're target for the enemy. And I'm, I'm so sad to say that this is just a lesson. Amen? God will be true to his word. You know, he will make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. We used to sing that song. It, he works in ways we cannot see. 
He will make a way for me. Amen? Amen. His word is light and directs us in all our doubts and difficulties and comforts, comforts us in all our tears and distresses. The word is our light. Number five, the reason we are, never, we are never alone on the path, we are never alone on the path, the reason we are never alone on the path is because when we invite Jesus into our hearts and we light up our lives with him and his truth and his love, he says he will never leave us, he will never forsake us. Sometimes he may not feel like he's there, but he is there. If he said it, I believe it. If he says he's there on the path, I believe it. Amen. And so Paul told us to never forsake the gathering of ourselves for a reason, because there's strength in togetherness. Church is not an option. It is a command. I'm going to hop a lot on the church tonight. I already have. So when Paul told us not to forsake the gathering of ourselves, as some do, especially as you see uh, the coming of the Lord, and I think we're seeing it more than we did 50 years ago, we encourage one another. We encourage one another. You know, one of the biggest disappointments besides this friend of mine uh, were, were the people who told me the story because we discovered that people who were ahead of us no longer go to church. Uh, I can tell you of at least five couples who were like stalwarts within the church, serving, giving, loving God, doing what we all do, no longer go to church, unplugged from church. Do you know what happens when you unplug from church? The generation of young people today are missing out. We can't drop our God and just stop going to the house of God. Part of, part, seriously, thank you, thank you, ma'am, thank you. You know, the, the thing is, yes, point fingers at the church, and this church was better than that church, and blah, blah, blah. God loves his church. Jesus died to establish his church. It is important. We need the church. We need togetherness. We need community, right? When we withdraw, what happens to us? What happens to us? We don't give. Not, I'm not talking financially. We don't even give a smile to another human being. We don't even give a touch or a hug or hi. Are you not well? Have you fallen on hard times? We're going to have an illustration in a moment. Sorry. You know, the fruit of those people's lives that I'm telling you about, and you will never know who they are, none of their children serve God. None of them go to church. None of their grandchildren serve God. They have abandoned their faith and their legacy. I'm sharing this with you because we need God's lamp and light to our feet on the path and stay the path. You know, any one of those friends of ours if they were just there saying not a word, just their presence would have encouraged the church, would have encouraged God's people, would have encouraged the next generation and the generation coming after saying, if they can do it, I can do it. Amen? So, 
We help each other. No sister left behind. Amen? Before I carry on, and we're gonna come to a close, I I wrote on my side of my notes tonight when we were busy worshiping, because you know what Bishop Ronis says? You catch it, and then you carry it, and then you convey it. About the church, when one pastor falls and does something wrong, he embezzles money, he has an adulterous affair, he gets into trouble. People around the world point at every single church. But I remember Dr. Billy Graham said something profound when a great big name in America fell in the 80s. And, and you know the media, you know they're worse today than they were then. But you know what they like, and there they were. Anyone in the media here? Profession? We have some people in our church. Anyone? I will pray for you. We'll pray for you. Not, not in a neg- I'm not saying this, oh, we'll pray for you. No, we'll pray for you that God will help you to stand in your faith, but also do your job. Amen? And that God will bless you. All right. So here's the media. Here's the media. Bless you. Aren't you in kids' church? No, no. Okay. In kids' church. And now I'm not even getting to my point here now. Okay. So Dr. Billy Graham was approached by the media and they said, so what do you have to say about that? You know, almost like we've got you, we're nailing you. He says, you know, every day planes take off from JFK airport and you never give a thought to it. Then one day one plane crashes and suddenly all planes are unsafe. Well, that is what I'm trying to say to you tonight about the church. God loves his church. We are the church, the people, amen? We are carriers, we are jars of clay, carrying the Holy Spirit, carrying the presence of God. We're not perfect, we have our off days, we have hormones, but you know what? God wants us to be together, and he wants us to encourage one another. Now, as we come to a close, I wanna encourage us all to choose the narrow path and to stay on the narrow path. There are blessings on the path. I speak from personal experience, and I love this verse as God was building up in Deuteronomy to to get to chapter 30, but in chapter 28 verse two, he said, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. How would that happen? Well, you were going this way. You made an about turn. You're going this way. On the way, as you are walking, the blessings of the Lord will come upon you. It will overtake you. It will be ahead of you. It will be in your future. Amen? It's not, ooh, those were the good old days when God used to bless me. No, there's blessing. The best is still yet to come. I still believe that, amen, of God's people. So tonight, go the other way. Light up your life. God's path is not the broad way, amen? 
Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed and inspired by this ministry.